Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Anne Donahoe and Lewis Goldberg of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. Today, Anne and guest host and producer Nick Opich are continuing with our beverages series and talking with Tracy Mason, co-founder and CEO of House of Saka. Founded in 2018 by industry insider Cynthia Salarizada and wine industry veteran Tracy Mason, the company came together with the mission to create the world's most advanced lines of luxurious cannabis-infused products made by and for women. Launched in October of 2019, House of Saka's Infused Beverages combines the magic of Napa Valley with state-of-the-art infusion technology for a truly elevated cannabis experience. From the brand to the category to the future of beverages, this episode has it all. Now on to the show. We are continuing to talk about beverages. And today we are talking about a specific product called House of Saka, uh, which is a CBD and THC infused alcohol-free beverage. Um, it's grape-based, I guess we can say. So it's kind of like a wine, but it's also kind of entirely its own thing. Um, and to talk with us about it today is Tracy Mason, who is the co-founder and CEO of House of Saka. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, so you come from CPG um, and the beverage alcohol space. Um, can you talk about your your first leap into cannabis before we start talking about um, Saka? Um, you know, you you worked with Canacraft and and you know what was it that brought you into the cannabis industry? Really, it was the uh, the other co-founder of House of Saka, Cynthia Salarizada. She reached out to me in search of a CEO for this wonderful idea that she had around creating a cannabis infused wine like product um, and had tremendous experience in cannabis, but very little experience in wine. I come from almost three decades of experience in marketing, selling and developing new products in the wine and spirit space. So she was connected with me and it just sounded like an incredibly exciting opportunity. I was already very interested in the cannabis space. Um, and so we came together and shortly thereafter, I joined Canacraft as their chief innovation and strategy officer um, under the guise that uh, we'd be working together and stayed there for a while and really learned the industry, which was such an incredible gift. Um, and then left last summer to take on House of Soccer full time. Can you tell us about how you've been building out the brand? Uh, Cynthia is a good friend of the podcast. We've worked with her for years and we know that this is something that she's been kicking around for a while, but how have you guys been able to build it up over the last year? Well, I mean, I think Cynthia and I came together with two very different skill sets. I mean, she is a brilliant, brilliant marketer and a brilliant PR person and had an incredible idea that's really based largely on her uh, Middle Eastern heritage. And so where we came together over the course of the last year is putting together what turned out to be an exceptionally complicated supply chain. Um, I mean, I was able to leverage a lot of my contacts in the industry on the wine side to make sure that we were sourcing the perfect base wine for the product. Um, you know, we, I know that you've spoken before with Aaron Silverstein, so we, we got connected with him and he's been working. I worked directly with him to put together the formulations. Then we worked with Vertosa to put together the right type of infusion that we needed to marry to the flavor profiles we were trying to achieve 
in the wine itself. Um, and then our biggest challenge really was finding a way to get it in a bottle. So we put this beautiful product together. We had the beverage, we had the packaging, but there was nowhere compliant in the state of California at the time that we were ready to launch that could bottle it in a compliant way. Thankfully, um, just around in September of last year, Space Station, which is our production partner, came online and they were really, they are singularly focused on beverage and they become our supply partner. So it certainly wasn't without its fits and starts. It certainly isn't now because again, we're doing something that's very, very difficult. But I think the end result of what we were being able to achieve is, is really extraordinary. The, the product itself is absolutely beautiful, both the pink and the white. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, you know, we've kind of talked around it. Can you tell our listeners exactly what, what is House of Saka? What is the product? What's the, the intent of it? Sure. So um, House of Saka, Vin Fusions is what we've trademarked. So trying to find a way to say wine without saying wine. <laughs> we're not allowed to say that in the state of California. So what our mission was really was the House of Saka itself is named after a group of female warriors that were said to have ruled the world and conquered all that they desired. And they also used cannabis infused with wine um, as part of their pre-war rituals and rites of passage. So our mission was really to kind of bring that ritual into the modern age and create a really gorgeous um, product that was made by women for women and really helped bridge the gap between cannabis and alcohol. Um, so I think that's really where, where our mission started. And where we identified that kind of gap in the market was, was in, a, in a couple of different ways. One was that no one was really talking to the emerging female consumer. Um, they were talking to cannabis consumers that were already in the space. Um, a lot of people were talking to people who were looking at cannabis as a, as a, as a medical um, vehicle. For us, we really wanted to focus on the emerging female consumer that was super curious. Um, but that was uncomfortable um, with the traditional forms of, of cannabis consumption, like vaping and, and smoking. And so we identified that gap. And like I said earlier, there was also a major gap in luxury positioning. So we wanted to create the first real luxury product um, for that emerging female consumer. So that's where it all started. And now we are the first and only <laughs> cannabis-infused beverage um, that is made from exclusively from grapes grown in California. So we take, I mean, it's in, in sorry, in Napa Valley, uh, which is an incredible provenance. I mean, Napa Valley is known the world over for incredible quality as it relates to wine. And we are using 100% Napa Valley wine. We're removing the alcohol, infusing it with a proprietary CBD THC formulation for a wine-like product that has a fraction of the calories that's super predictable and uh, gives you a really beautiful kind of sensual high. I actually tried it last night um, for the first time. And I have to say I was um, pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, we've talked on this podcast, you know, there's there's been this um, really big struggle in, you know, in the beverage space about finding the right mix of, um, you know, stability and flavor and onset and offset and all of this stuff. So, um, you know, Cynthia has been talking about it for a really long time. Um, and, you know, I, I am a wine 
wine drinker. That is my, um, that is my relaxation of choice. And I've typically been a cannabis user from a medicinal side. So it's to get to sleep. It's to maybe, um, reduce some anxiety. So for me, um, using it in this way was also a little bit different for me. So, um, it was a really good, pleasant experience. It was about a 15 minute onset. Um, and, and the effect lasted a, a couple of hours for me. I mean, I'm, I'm a lightweight too. Um, and everyone's experience is different. Um, but the, but the flavor was there. I mean, you guys have figured out a way, um, to make it something that is incredibly pleasant. Um, and not, it didn't have that like tinny taste or, you know, sometimes the CBD waters, I, I just haven't really found one that I really like yet. So, um, you know, it, it is something I, I'm not, necessarily sure I'm ready to swap my wine for this yet, but it was definitely a more positive experience than what I was thinking of. And I think it will have a different place for me in my life, but I mean, who says I have to give up wine, right? I mean, I would imagine that, <laughs> that you do both too. <laughs> I do. In fact, your story is exactly my story. I mean, oh, really? you know, wine is my background. Wine. I live in Napa Valley. All of my yeah. friends are in the wine industry. So wine is an essential part of my life. Um, yeah. I'm also, I love to cook. So it's part of that whole scene as well. Um, I use cannabis in exactly the same way you do for relaxation, to help with sleep, um, to, to manage certain anxieties. Um, and honestly, because I'm a bit of a weekend warrior for also aches and pains, because um, I'm getting older than I would prefer to admit. Um, but so I don't, the intent of Hasak isn't necessarily to replace wine for every occasion. It's, it's more additive than it is subtractive. And so what we're looking to do is if give consumers an alternative. So if, if you're looking to let your hair down, if you're looking to just find a great way to relax um, and alcohol might not be your jam or maybe you can't have alcohol um, or you're being very conscious about your calorie consumption. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a glass of sock is between 14 and 16 calories compared to wow. 120 and 160 calories for a glass of wine. So in and of itself, it's a tenth of what you could be consuming, but you're still getting that sort of benefit of, of um, you know, kind of curling your feet underneath you and relaxing and. Uh, well, and, and to talk about, yeah. And it wasn't like a, um, uh, you know, a knock me out sleepy high. It was, it was a good relaxation, warm, fuzzy. Um, and the other thing is, is that one serving got me there. Um, and you know, from a price point, you guys are at the higher price point there, but at the same time, you know, it got me to, it's, it's a really tough thing to, to make the alcohol versus cannabis analogy feeling because it is, it is different. Um, but you know, that would be like, two or three glasses of wine, um, you know, and, and especially if you're out at a restaurant that adds up. So, um, from a, from a value perspective, um, I think what you guys did was also really interesting. Did you have the pink or the white last night? I had the pink and I've got the white, um, chilling first uh, thing. The wine <laughs> so, is, the, I mean, yeah. they're both, they're both incredible products, but between the time that I formulated pink and the time that I formulated white, um, I think, the industry is moving so fast and technology is moving so fast that um, I think white is even more wine-like than pink. Okay. Um, well, and we'll continue to evolve the product as technology evolves. Yeah. And I know Nick wants to jump in, but real quick. So if, you know, I, I guess I gravitated towards the, um, towards the red because it was a, a, a Pinot Noir grape, um, you know, that I, that I already know that I, that I like. Um, and I'm not always a Chardonnay person. And I feel like the, the white was a is a Chardonnay base, right? Chardonnay grape base. Chardonnay. So, oh, okay. Okay. So, which makes it, you know, like naturally more crisp, naturally more lean. It has, yeah. um, 
you know, high notes of citrus and, and, and tropical flavor. So it's actually really lovely, especially this time of year. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. It's so good. <laughs> I want to, I want to expand on just the, the cannabis beverage market as a whole. You brought up the calorie count. One of the, when immediately jumped in my mind was the hard seltzers. Like I've been, it's summer out here in Arizona. You're getting those hundred calorie, uh, white claws and Trulies, bomb vives. Um, but now we're seeing cannabis beverages really start to step up in the, now that the, the legal markets have matured more. Um, one of the things that we've seen is that uh, uh, David Klein, the CEO of Canopy, he, he thinks that there's a real opportunity that cannabis beverages could be bigger than the hard seltzer category, which, as everybody saw, has expanded enormously with Budweiser, Corona, all getting into this space. Um, what's your thought on this? What's really, is this a realistic uh, expectation for cannabis beverages? And if so, what's kind of the timeline when it can come and get to that, uh, that kind of stage? Well, I mean, I certainly think everything's possible. Um, certainly in, in Canada, where Canopy is based, where they can actually market cannabis infused beverages alongside of alcohol beverages. So in the same channels, I think that leads for a lot more opportunity for companies like House of Saka that are based in the U.S., I mean, we're very limited in what our distribution capacity, I mean, potential is. You know, in this whole state of California, there's 620 dispensaries. Um, and so when, when you think about that comparative to how many Safeways there are that are selling Trulies and White Claws and how many liquor stores there are that are selling Trulies and White Claws, I just think our access to the consumer is much more limited. So I do think, and, and we've seen it already with the, with the advent of COVID-19, that cannabis-infused beverages have, you know, gone from 1% of sales all the way up to, I think, more than 14% of sales right now. Wow. And I think that's largely because people are sort of moving into this, you know, no smoking section, if you will. And, mm -hmm. uh, and cannabis beverages provide not only a safer, you know, a safer um, means by which to consume cannabis, it's actually far more consistent, far more predictable, and very easily to understand what your dose is where if I take a hit off someone's joint or someone's vape pen, I have no idea how that's going to hit me until it, when it hits me and I can't get rid of it. Whereas with House Osaka, like Anne experienced last night, you, know, you take a few ounces of it and you can get a good read right away on how two, how two milligrams feels, how five milligrams feels, and really find your perfect dose. And I think that's also one of the benefits. Um, and I do think what, what cannabis beverages will wind up doing is taking over a very, very large sector of, of the cannabis industry um, for all of those reasons, predictability, mm -hmm. safety, um, sociability, whereas I can open a bottle socket anywhere. If, if I whipped out a joint anywhere, mm -hmm. that would be an issue. Um, but in terms of getting to that scale, ideally, I think once we're legalized that you know, across the U.S., it's certainly possible. Um, I think it'll be really big, but I think it'll take a while um, to root its way through the legislation that we could get that big and have that access to that many consumers all the time. You um, briefly mentioned, you know, COVID-19 and, and, you know, it, it has really, um, it's hammered a lot of industries in general, um, you know, and while I, it's funny because, you know, it's even permeated into like my friends and family who are not in the cannabis space are like, oh my God, you guys are doing amazing. You're seen as essential. Um, you know, they're, they must be making, you know, money hand over fist, um, you know, not necessarily understanding that 
while retail might be might be doing okay and even thriving um, in some markets, um, access to capital makes it really hard to scale. Um, have you seen anything, you know, how has COVID-19 affected your business from that side of it? Well, I mean, I think it, like anything else, every, every sandwich has two sides, right? So in this instance, what, what COVID-19 has done is, is really given us an opportunity to scale um, and to build our distribution, particularly in our primary sales channels, which were delivery platforms. So we were able to really focus, make sure that we were on Ganja Runner and Ease and Saba and all of these different delivery platforms, which really married to um, our consumer who, who prefers rather uh, than walk into a dispensary because they're not necessarily looking for pre-roll and flour. They're looking for beverage uh, access to that without having to make that, make that trip into a dispensary. So for us, it's been a blessing in that respect. Um, on the other side of it, you know, we're you know, actively worth startups or actively looking for funding and access to institutional capital has been, has been challenging compared to what it was, you know, even six months ago um, or even a year ago. Um, but because we've been able to focus and, and build our business in such a way and using our and, and manage our cash flow so tightly, um, we've been able to sustain ourselves and continue to, to bring in the dollars that we need to continue to scale. Um, that said, you know, we're just about to launch our series A, which would be our big growth, growth, mm-hmm. um, growth raise. And, uh, and we have some, some great companies that are looking at us for that. And we're just going to keep pushing as hard as we can. And for any startup, the best thing you can do before you go into your series A is do really well with your seed. And I think we've done an extraordinary job there. Can you expand on, on that, that Series A that you're going to do? What, what's the plans that you're going to be doing with that funding? How are you guys going to grow? Are you going to stick in California or is there, is there a look to look into you know, other legal markets? Absolutely expand into other legal markets. We're already talking with potential production partners in Nevada, Colorado, and Oklahoma. Um, so we absolutely intend to use some of that capital for that. And, you know, I think a lot of companies make a mistake when they, when they get their first big tranche of cash and they go into building their own production facility. We have no intention of doing that. We want to spend our money really focusing on building awareness for our product and getting it into as many mouths as humanly possible. Because we really believe that if someone tastes Hasasaka, it, it is so surprisingly, um, it's, it, it's so surprising in, in what it's delivering from a taste perspective and, uh, and from an effects perspective that we really believe that a trier will be continued to be a buyer. Um, and so that's really where our, our main focus will be with our next rounds is all about expanding into, obviously expanding into California um, mm-hmm. even more deeply, which is number one, but then expanding into three, two to three other markets within the next 18 months. Yeah, you mentioned a- Oklahoma, and that that's interesting to me. I would think that uh, your brand would want to stick in uh, recreational markets. What's the what's the thought there of trying to go into kind of uh, a still growing medical market? That's a great question. Well, Oklahoma is kind of on fire from a cannabis point of view, and and you know medical will will be there, um, but we think that it'll all, it'll flip very quickly um, because of the type of revenue that it's bringing into the state. So um, we believe by sitting a foothold, getting a foothold there now is probably a really good strategy moving into the future. Can I ask a dumb question? And I know it's a dumb question, but so um, 
what makes what what you're doing so special is the um, the base of the grape, right? So it's it's the, these pinot, these pinot noir grapes, these chardonnay grapes. Um, are you going to export the grapes from Napa into these other markets to create the beverages, or are you going to use what they have there? And I mean, I know every state in the country has their own type of wine, but I would imagine the grapes in Oklahoma might be a little different from the grapes in in Napa Valley. <laughs> And just to be clear, we we are the base liquid for House of Sock is Napa Valley wine. So we don't actually buy the grapes. We oh, got it. Okay, we buy we buy the wine. Um, and so we'll that that is such that the Napa Valley province is so essential to our brand proposition and to our value proposition because it it really does matter. At the end of the day, what your base wine is really really matters because ours is so high quality. When we remove the alcohol, we don't need to work nearly as hard to build back the type of flavor components that you would be expecting as someone who likes to drink rosé of Pinot Noir or someone who likes to drink uh, Chardonnay. So um, long answer to probably what is a short question is that the intention is to de-alkalize the wine here in California, ship that wine in bulk to our, to our production partners in other states, leverage um, you know additional supply partners for our... Um, our uh, infusions um, in those states. So the only thing that will the only thing that will be different is that the cannabis base, the cannabis infusion base, will be grown in Oklahoma, grown in Colorado, grown in Arizona, okay. but the base wine will remain the same. Okay. Um, the other thing that um, I wanted to talk about, and and we have talked about this a lot on on the podcast here, is that. Um, it's very hard to build a brand in the cannabis space, um, because it's so siloed and because, um, you know, people knowing, you know, a brand in Northern California is not going to be a brand in Southern California is going to be different from a brand in Chicago, you know, or wherever. Um, you guys have spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of, um, of your resources into building a, a, a very distinctive brand. Um, you know, the, the artwork is absolutely beautiful. The, the bottle is opaque, which I thought was really interesting. Is that a regulation thing that, so you can't have something that is clear. What, what, what is the regulation there? Oh my God, you guys, regulation. <laughs> Holy cow. Gotten this, why don't you just ask me about taxes next? <laughs> I, just, I promise I won't. <laughs> we'll go down a rabbit hole. Now, um, in the state of California, and again, it's different in every state, so we'll have to modify our packaging um, per state. But in the state of California, um, alcohol, I mean, sorry, cannabis-infused beverages are kind of bucketed under edibles. Um, edibles require that your package is opaque. So in other words, if it's a gummy, you, you can't see the gummy. I think the okay. thinking being that a kid would see a gummy and want to eat it. Um, we're, we're actively working along with the Cannabis Beverage Association that we're founding um, board members of. To, to change that. But right now the package needs to be opaque. It has to be re- childproof and resealable for the life of the products. So we, we have to put our bottle into an outer package, which is a child resistant resealable bag, which is also labeled. Um, and so the costs are extraordinary and actually, you know, somewhat nonsensical because you, my, you know, my step, daughter could, you know, roll up to a bottle 151 any minute and just open it and start drinking it. Um, Mm -hmm. and actually be, and could die, which you couldn't actually, it's not proven that you could ever die by overdosing from cannabis, but it is what it is. Um, 
So yeah, the package has to be opaque. We have to include dosage rec, you know, we have to show exactly. So we actually say with a capful. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Well, I did my 10 capsules. Right. <laughs> and Cynthia gave me like the really pretty elegant um, glass. And so, I mean, my husband was staring at me last night. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I want to get the dosage right. Uh, it's perfect. And, you know, I was talking to uh, a really good friend of mine has a, uh, an amazing company out here called the what woman. And it's a collective of women companies. And, and, um, and it's also a space in which you ask questions and, um, and she's a huge soccer fan. And, what I loved about it is that she texted me the other day. She's like, I'm in love with Saka White and I have found my perfect dose. So oh, share it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's for her, right? Yeah, I mean, her that's dose true. isn't going to be the same as ours. Yeah. Um, but she's like, I have, because of the onset effects coming on so quickly, she was able to really identify, you know, where she sit on that spectrum and then dial it right in. And which I think, especially for consumers coming into the space, is such a beautiful benefit to the product as well. One thing that I think, from my view, seems like a disadvantage is that your products are only available via delivery or at dispensaries, um, where, you know, just looking at what the product is, you know, it's a beverage, it seems like it would be perfect for a bar setting. Is there any kind of push maybe in California or in other states where we could actually see these products be available outside of that dispensary setting? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I want to be really positive about it, but I don't see the alcohol lobby is so strong. Um, and you know, you can bet your bottom dollar, <laughs> as my mother would say that they're, uh, that they're going to fight that tooth and nail. I mean, what, what's coming instead though, Nick, is that we're seeing an emergence of, um, of onsite consumption lounges, which, uh, which products like Saka, Products like Can, products like Chew Roof will play a big role in uh, because it's, again, it allows those consumers who don't like to smoke, like I have asthma, I can't stand smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that said, I love the effect of smoking weed on me, but I just can't do it. Um, and so for, for people like me that don't want to have that experience or can't have that experience, these consumption lounges that are opening up right now are, are, the, are a, a perfect remedy to that. Um, we never like the, you know, and when our, when our clients come to us and say they're the Amazon of this, or they're the, the eBay of that, or, you know, the Google of this, um, I don't love those comparisons. Um, but are there brands, um, in, in the alcohol space, but maybe not in the alcohol space that, that you really look up to that, that you say, these guys are doing a great job, um, and maybe want to aspire to, or maybe learn from. Sure. I mean, I think there's classic brands like Johnny Walker, you know, that, you know, from the quality of the product itself to the way that it's advertised to the way the consistency, the heritage and the provenance of that product um, is something that I really aspire to, even though I'm not necessarily a scotch drinker, but I'm a brand person and I, and I, and I truly, truly admire that brand. Um, you know, there's a million wine brands that I can mention that I love and admire. Um, but that list would be way too long, I think, to, to capture right here. Um, but I think really when I think about House of Sock and what we compare ourselves to, it's really more in the high fashion realm or the, um, so, you know, we're really looking to be a, a luxury brand that carries with it a certain cachet, but more importantly, that when you, when you pick up anything branded Sokka, whether it's um, you know, Saka White or Pink or upcoming 
Saka Splash or upcoming, you know, Saka bath salts that you know as a consumer that that is going to be the highest quality product that you could possibly have. Um, and with that, there's, you know, I, I love that that there's a certain kind of cachet that comes with it, but I also love that there's a there's a familiarity and a comfort that comes with that from because um, you're spending a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. So you wanna you wanna sort of know that it's good and not just because it's expensive. Tracy, you've been incredibly generous with your with your time today, and especially you know, given everything that's going on in the world, we have the COVID, we have the police violence taking place. How have you been handling all this? How have you been keeping yourself busy, keeping yourself sane? Well, I, you know, as a CEO of a startup, there's never a day that goes by that I'm not <laughs> crazy busy. Um, and and honestly, for us, our we it hasn't changed that much because we are a virtual company. Uh, we believe that's the way of the that's the way of the future. That you know, while my COO and I live both live in Napa and we hang out a lot and and meet a lot, we don't have an office as of yet. Um, Cynthia is based in Southern California, um, so we really it hasn't changed dramatically for us because we've been running our business in much the same way. Where we, you know, if you saw me right now, I'm wearing sweatpants on the bottom and like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like super COVID nineteening it, um, but uh, so in in that respect, it hasn't changed. In fact, it's really made us a little bit more busy because we have been able to really expand our distribution, expand our production, um, and between that and fundraising, um, we've been, you know, really nose down cranking it out, and it's been actually fun. I mean, I miss hanging out with my friends, but Napa's starting to open now, and so that's. That's been, that's been a bit of a lifesaver, I think, for, for all of us. You kind of teased what's next for you guys. Can you, was it what, Saka Sparkle, Saka Splash? What did I hear? Oh, shoot. Probably gave you a little too much. <laughs> we can, you don't need to. You don't need to. But I mean, I guess suffice it to say there will be other products, possibly beverage, possibly not beverage in the future coming from House of Saka. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're going to maintain our Napa Valley Provenance. Um, so anything that we do, we'll, we'll sort of carry that moniker um, to the extent that we can. I mean, we can't even put Napa Valley on our label um, because of other Is that a regulation? regulations. Yeah, it's another regulation. Wow. wow. So the label that you have has it on, but the outer label, which is considered its primary package, doesn't have it on there. Um, oh, interesting. I have to go look now. Okay. Yeah. Did it, did it come in a little tote? Mine, I yes, it came in the tote, which was a very elegant black, um, opaque bag, um, and it had the the late like the label on the back and the brand on the front, and then the bottle itself, which is just gorgeous, has I assumed it was the same stuff, um, but yeah, okay, it's exactly the same messaging except on the outer package we have uh, it doesn't have Napa Valley on it. Interesting. Okay. Um, but that having been said, so we're going to stick in, the, in, in that space. We really feel like that's where our magic is. Um, and so we'll be developing other single serve products that are representative of that space. And then other products that are representative of sort of the Napa Valley lifestyle, which is, you know, around spas and, and, uh, and relaxation. Can you remind our listeners where they can um, uh, find your products? Are, are you guys in certain counties in California or, or certain stores? Well, right now we're available statewide delivery through Ganja Runner um, and Ease and in Northern California, Saba and um, the Garden Society. 
We're also available in premier dispensaries like 99 High Tide in Malibu. Um, and we have a bunch coming online in the next couple of weeks with, uh, with we're releasing Saka Monday, I mean, Saka White, pardon me, officially on Monday. Um, I like Saka Monday though. You should make that Saka a thing. Monday. I like that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> you can have it. You can it have it. Blatantly stealing. Um, so a question that we ask all of our guests is if you were to open, um, the, uh, what's your daily paper up there? The San Francisco times, the San Jose Mercury news. What is the daily paper of Napa? Uh, the Napa register, Napa register. Um, so if you want to find a lost kitten or, okay, so maybe not the Napa register, but me, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking mainstream, you know, publication, um, has a story, um, about cannabis. What is, what is your dream story? What does that story say? Wow. That is such a great question. Um, we're PR guys. That's we're always thinking about stories. <laughs> you know, and we've been fortunate. We've had a tremendous amount of press, um, and all, you know, very, very positive around the product. And, but I mean, I think for me, it would really be like house of Saka kind of changed the way consumers perceive cannabis. Um, and really brings, you know, the way that I've always talked about it is that House of Saka, you know, I said earlier that I, I perceive it to be a bridge between alcohol and cannabis, but it's really, I think, the perfect vehicle to bring cannabis into the mainstream, to expand, you know, occasions um, and need states for cannabis consumption. And so, you know, to read a headline that says House of Saka leads the way um, for that, I, I really think we have the perfect vehicle for that because we're not so, so targeting, you know, beer drinkers, we're not so targeting um, seltzer drinkers. And I think, you know, the seltzer market's going to continue to get just, people are just going to keep coming into it. So we have something that's so unique, but still has such a broad appeal, um, because the wine, wine consumption continues to, to increase across generations. I love it. And I'm super jealous that Anne has gotten to try it. Uh, I'm gonna have to find my way once COVID's done to get back out to California. So so I can have some. <laughs> Absolutely. We will take very, very good care of you. <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Um, you know, in addition to where people can, can find the products, which we'll put in the show notes, where can people find info about House of Saka? Social channels, website, give it, give it all here. Here you go. So website is houseofsaka.com. Um, you can also click there on where to buy. Uh, all of our social channels are either at Saka, uh, Infused Saka or at um, Infused Luxury. Great. We'll put it in our show notes. Thank you Thank so you. much. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. You Thank too, you. Tracy. Thanks so much. Take care. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. A special thanks to Tracy Mason, co-founder and CEO of House of Saka. As she said, um, you can find them uh, on the social channels at Infused Saka, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find out where you can buy their products over at houseofsaka.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to chat with us, you can find us on Twitter with the handle at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram at, at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Drop us an email. We'd love to hear your feedback, guest ideas and all that. Or if you just want to chat during COVID, we are here to listen and, and just chat with you about cannabis or anything else you want. Um, and then don't forget, as always, subscribe to the Green Rush in your favorite podcatcher. That's one take, Shay. One take. Cannabis. Cannabis.